So today we're going to talk about compounding your investment, compounding your investment, grow your business faster with understanding. I think that um, one of the common problems we have uh, uh, in our business, uh, I'll speak specifically, I won't talk in general about the world. One of the problems we have in our business is the lack of the, or the inability or the inaction of actually thinking critically about your business and, and thinking through why you're doing something. Uh, I don't, I don't want an organization of people blindly following. Does that make sense? That's scary. Uh, I want an organization of people following. Yeah. Cause I'm leading and I want them to follow. Sure. But I want them thinking, cause if I'm about to walk off a cliff, I want somebody to go, Hey, there's a cliff up there. <laughs> I see it. I don't know if you see it. Maybe you don't see it from where you're at. I, I want to know. Uh, and so one of the things that's really helped us grow our business over the years is thinking about our business and understanding why we're doing what we're doing rather than just doing it. Uh, some people, um, and, and it's, it, part of this comes from the, the flywheel and doom loop concept that uh, Jim Collins put out there in his book, Good to Great, uh, where uh, st putting yourself into a negative pattern and creating negative momentum in your life generally starts with getting disappointing results and responding without understanding. Reacting without understanding, that immediately puts you into a downward spiral and a lot of us never get out of it. We spend the rest of our life spiraling down. Uh, and so, the key to keep staying out of that downward spiral and staying out of that negative momentum is to react with understanding. If you're getting disappointing results, let's react with understanding. That's why uh, we believe in tracking our numbers and, and being able to, to quantify how we're doing right now rather than just feeling like things are bad uh, and, and listening to a phone script. Suddenly we, we decided to change our phone script because we heard it. And we felt, felt like our phone script was bad instead reacting with understanding. Uh, and so today we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, in this. So let's clear some things up, some common misconceptions. You cannot save your way to wealth. Now, if you're an anal note taker, I'm going to dive into some of these points a little deeper. So you might want to leave some space or just uh, come back to that note in a second. But you cannot save your way to wealth. You must invest to get wealth. Now, I, I do know, um, like my mother is a prime example. She's 82 years old. I don't know, she's got half a million in the bank, just riding off into the sunset in, in, in retirement. Uh, she's got zero debt, and she's never made a lot of money. Uh, 35000 a year, maybe, uh, is what her, her income, she was a teacher, then she was an executive assistant at a textile mill for the CEO. Like she, she wasn't ever in a position of making hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time, and yet she paid attention to her money, and she saved, and she understood percentages, and she never got behind the eight ball percentage-wise in debt, and all that sort of stuff. She but she, she's not wealthy financially. She wouldn't, she, it's not what she, she's not what you would consider wealthy. Now, I think she's comfortable, but not wealthy. And so uh, I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper in just a second, but you cannot save your way to wealth. Uh, you have to invest. I, I, I was talking with, uh, I believe I was talking with Mike and Michelle yesterday and, you know, we hear people all the time go, you know what, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to reduce my leads this, this for the next three weeks because I'm, I'm really just trying to save a little bit of money. Okay, well, it's kind of like saying, <laughs> if you follow me on this one, it's, it's a tough analogy to follow, but it's kind of like saying, I want to be more efficient with my oxygen, so I want you to reduce the amount of oxygen available to me, because I want to be more efficient with what I'm actually breathing in. That's dumb, 
right? If you reduce your oxygen, bad things happen. Uh, ultimately could even be death. It's the same thing in this business and in any business, the things that you've got to invest in in order for the business to grow. If you stop, if you cut off that investment, the growth also gets cut off. You can't grow without that investment. Number two, Dave Ramsey is a genius for the masses. Some people don't have any idea who Dave Ramsey is. Uh, and so this point is uh, moot for you. Uh, I, I like Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey uh, teaches, uh, he basically teaches how you can make $35,000 a year and not be in debt. It's a great thing for the people in our country to know. Uh, so many people don't. You know, so many people, I remember when I first moved to Dallas, we were amazed at people who make like 35000 but live like they make 135000 You're going, golly, what are they doing? Uh, it's the home of the $35,000 millionaire, we say, North Dallas is. Um, <laughs> and so Dave Ramsey's perfect for them. If you've not gone through one of his courses, I recommend it. It's good, basic financial understanding. One of his things that you can do is uh, you take uh, the different envelopes of, for different categories of, of expenses and you put cash at the beginning of the week, you put cash in those envelopes and when that cash is gone in that envelope, you can't take from another category that you're done with that category for the week. So if you spent all your food money eating out once, well, you're going to starve the rest of the six weeks. Practice fasting. Uh, <laughs> you can last a week without eating it. People do it. Um, but, but Dave Ramsey's a genius for the masses. I'll explain this more in depth, but we're, we're not the masses. We're doing something a little bit different here. We're building a business. We're not trying to survive on 35000 a year. We're trying to thrive on millions, right? We're trying to build something here. Number three. Now, the accountants out there who are uh, literal people are going to uh, maybe flinch at what I'm about to say, but my simple understanding of things, there are basically two categories of money in your life. There's assets and there's liabilities. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more as we go along. There's only two categories of money in your life, assets and liabilities. Assets put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money out. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm not a CPA. I'm not giving you tax advice. This is my simple understanding of how money works. Either money is coming into your account or it's going out. And it's important to understand the difference. Number four, true assets are creating new assets for you, not liabilities. If you see something as an asset that's making money for you, well, it needs to also be creating more money for you, not just, uh, and not more liabilities. Uh, well, team builders, for example, somebody who's building a team, that's not adding a producer, it's multiplying by adding a team. Uh, that is an asset that's turning around and teaching other people how to do what we do. That's how we grow, that's how we multiply, that's a true asset. Uh, rental property, on the other hand, uh, sometimes costs you more than you make on it. People go, I had this rental property. It's an asset. Is it really? Uh, what's your net on that? Is it positive or negative? Because uh, it may actually be a liability for you and you don't even realize. Okay. Moving right along. Cannot save your way to wealth. ROI is important to understand. Uh, ROI stands for two different things, return of investment and return on investment. Um, return of investment, this is what invest, the way investors think in, when, they're, when they're putting money into something. They're, what they're wondering, when do I get my money out of this investment? When do I get it back? Uh, so, and, and what do I, percentage am I going to make on that money that I put in? Does that make sense? So, two different things. Um, if, if you're looking at an, an investment, um, it, it may be, for example, you're investing in this business and you're thinking, okay, well, how much, when am I going to get the reward for the investment I'm putting in. It's probably not today, right? That's not how investments work. Um, I, I know that a lot of investors, big time investors, they think about their money being tied up for six months or tied up for a year before they see something coming back off of that. Um, 
And then you want to know, okay, what interest, for lack of a better word, what interest am I going to get on that, what I put in? If I put in $1,000, am I getting $1,000 back or am I getting $2,000 back? I, I got to know that. So it's important to understand ROI. If we're thinking like business owners, this is terminology we need to, need to adapt. Percentages work for you or against you. Percentages work for you or against you. If I said 28% interest, is that good or bad? Yeah, 28% interest is, is uh, neutral. But if, if it's 28% interest on a credit card, well, that's bad. If it's 28% interest on an investment, that's not bad. That's good. See how percentages work for you or against you. And if you're losing 28% on a credit card, for example, that's, the, that's, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's the same as you giving that money away. So ultimately, you know, paying off your debt and getting rid of that, that interest that you're being charged, it's like making that money back now. You get a 28% return on that credit card because you paid it off. So now your money, you're keeping 28% more. Does that make sense? How often does your money double in a typical interest-bearing account? That's a rule of 108. So uh, divide 108 by your interest if it's a taxable account. If you have money in a savings account or you have money in a CD, those are popular these days. Uh, let's say you're getting 1% interest. Savings accounts don't get 1%. What's the latest CD rate? Does anybody know? Let's go 1.5 to 2. Let's call it 2 Let's say two. So if you're putting your money in a CD, you're being taxed on that every year. So you're going to take 108, divide it by two. What's the answer? 54. It's going to take you 54 years for you to double your money. That's not a wise investment, right? Um, that's, that's not good interest rate. Uh, it's not, um, <laughs> you, you, I mean, we have plenty of products like uh, IULs, for example. You can put money in and you get that money back out tax-free. That works better you divide, now you divide your, uh, divide 72 by your interest if it's a tax preferred account. So if you have like an index universal life you put money into, let's say you get 6% on that. Well, what's 72 divided by six? Is that 12? So that's 12. So instead of 54 years putting your money into a CD to double your money, it takes you 12 years to double your money in an IUL. Is that making sense? It's important to understand this because then you think about it in terms of your business. What if your investment in this business is just 108% ROI? What if you're getting 108% interest on your investment in this business? It would take one year to double your money. What do you mean, Fitz? Well, I mean, what if you're putting money into ads? What if, and I'm not talking about putting money necessarily into leads, putting money into ads, putting money into hiring agents, putting money into building the agency and building that sales force. If it costs you $1,000 to, and I'll show this math in a little bit, but if you put your $1,000 into ads and out of that, you find one person that's doing $10,000 a month in production and you have a 10% spread on that, you just made back your $1,000 investment and they're probably going to sell again next week and the next week and the next month and the next year. And it's going to keep coming in. So how do you really put a number on what you made on your investment? This is where, where, where I think, and Heather, you're talking about this last week and talking about just, just taking the, the mindset, the concept of small business ownership as opposed to job mentality, which is I put in my two weeks of time, where's my paycheck? Right? It doesn't work when you own a business. In a business, you put in your time, you put in your money, you put in your blood, your sweat, and tears, and you get the return a year from now or two years from now or three years or 10 years from now. You know, talking to people who constantly, wherever I travel around the country, people are saying, man, I recruited 10 people in the last two years, and, and I just, I'm not where I thought I would be. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I don't want to take away anybody's glory, but I can show you how many people we, we showed recruiting leaderboards earlier I can show you how many of those people that are up there. I recruited the person for them. 
<laughs> I recruited 10 the last month by myself, right? And you did it in two years. I've recruited thousands of people. Oh, that seems like a lot of investment. It is. You know how much money I've spent on that? But do you know how much money I make on that? It's investment. You got to think about it in, that, in those terms. Now, how much can you invest? If you're getting 108% in return on your money and your money's going to double every year, how much would you put in that? If, you, if I said, hey, give me $1,000 and in a year, I'll give you $2,000. Would you do it? Well, yeah, of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. That's a no brainer. I would stand on the sidewalk and give somebody $100 to get $200 back all day long. That's a great trade. You aren't the masses. You aren't the masses. Paying off debt is important, but not essential with your first commission check. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm one of the few, maybe, I, I think a lot of us in the Fitz group do this. I, I, I constantly encourage people, don't quit your job too early. Right? I, I can't tell you how beneficial it was to my business that Heather had a job when I was getting this up and off the ground. She had that steady paycheck. We weren't going to starve. We may miss uh, credit card payments for three months, but we were at least going to have some groceries. You know, <laughs> that was okay. And, and, and so uh, some people come here in such desperate financial situation, and I'm not throwing stones. I did too, okay? But some people come on board in such a desperate financial situation, they expect that first commission check is going to cover it all. You didn't win the lottery, right? You didn't buy a ticket and all of a sudden you got a million dollars coming in. We, we were talking about this morning, you know, you write a big annuity. Uh, I was talking to uh, my, one of my friends that's writing about a $900,000 annuity soon and doing a commissions on that. It's like $50,000, $60,000 he's going to get back in, in commission. I was like, dude, that's so awesome. Tuck it away, <laughs> right? It's let's be smart about that. You don't necessarily need to take all that money and just start paying off all your debt at that point. Um, I, I, I mean, here's my thought. It, it, you, you, you pay, if you're trying to get caught up, you pay enough to keep the wolves at bay, right? Because you don't want to take that money away from the investment that you're trying to make in the business. If you're 90 days late on your rent, you go kiss your landlord on the mouth. Because <laughs> 90 days, usually there's a padlock somewhere that's involved in, in closing up your place and all your stuff is confiscated. But if you're 90 days late, don't try to catch up all 90 days. Maybe you just catch up, you know, uh, one month show of good faith. Hey, here's one month of rent back, you know, that kind of thing. Don't try to pay it all off right up front. It's smart to eliminate liabilities. I will talk about that a little bit later. It is smart to pay off debt. It's smart to pay off things that are coming out of your account. It's smart to get free of that and reduce the, the outgo from your account. That's smart to do. And Dave, is, and Dave talks a lot about getting out of debt. Dave's talking to the masses, the folks that probably aren't ever going to earn significant income by creating a business. I mean, like bringing home 100, 150, 200,000 or more a year by creating a business. That's not who Dave's talking to. Uh, I know he's got his own entree leadership thing going on now, but, uh, and, and honestly, there's some things, if you go through the course, you're going to, he's got opinions about life insurance and you know, how you should buy a 10 year term and take the rest of your money, invest in mutual funds that are getting a 10% return. I'm like, dude, that was in the early eighties. Uh, that, that tune has changed in the last 30 years. Um, but, uh, I, I, so there's, there's some things I just flat out disagree when we taught, we taught his book one time, uh, and that, that chapter, I was like, you got to teach this. I can't tell people to buy that little life insurance. Um, Dave is talking to the masses. He's talking about, again, the $35,000 a year income earner that, that we believe doesn't have to be in debt. Right. And I think that's a great thing for our country to hear and to learn. And frankly, our congressmen need to go through some Dave Ramsey courses to learn how to keep our country out of debt. Anyway, uh, but Dave's talking to the masses, the folks that probably aren't ever going to earn significant income. Paying off that $1,000 credit card that's maxed out, how many agents could you get for that same $1,000? 
I mean, I get paying off debt, but you got to look at if I pay off that thousand dollar credit card, I'm making how much of my money? Let's call it 28%. Maybe you're paying 28% interest on that. Are you going to make better interest on that $10,000 producer? We're going to get a better return. This is where you kind of have to balance it. I believe small business owners have to be a little off in the head because <laughs> it just seems so obvious. Take that thousand dollars and pay off the credit card and be done with that. Yeah, but if you don't run the ads, if you, if you don't, not investing in finding that new agent or you got that new agent and you can't afford to give them $200 worth of leads, for example, or if you can't afford to send them a book that you think they ought to have in their hands, if you can't afford that, how much money are you costing yourself because you paid off this debt instead? How much money would that get you? How, many more, how much more debt could you pay off with that money? Right? So instead of paying off the $1,000 credit card debt, instead take that $1,000, place some ads. How many agents do you get out of that? And then turn around and now you can pay off debt even faster. We, it's, it's called strategic debt and it's called uh, delayed gratification and it's called um, uh, intentional neglect. <laughs> we did that. We, we were starting to make some money and we just kept putting off paying things off because we wanted, we ended up, we wanted to buy a house and we wanted to uh, buy furniture for the house and we needed to keep investing in our business. So the, in 2002, the Alliance started. 2003, we made $286,000. In 2004, we made 597000 In 2004, we made 597000 but we kept living like we were making fifty. We didn't let the dollars go to our head and start blowing money on, on stupid stuff. And, and, and instead, we kept investing in our business. And actually, in 2004, we paid off our debt because we were living so conservatively, we could still aggressively invest in our business. People ask, when do I, so when do I pay off my debt if I'm being intentional in the neglect? Well, when you can still aggressively invest in your business and pay off the debt simultaneously, that's when you can do it. That's when we did it and we paid off. Sixty to eighty thousand dollars. The reports are, are, are conflicting, but sixty to eighty thousand dollars we paid off in about nine months because we were able to be aggressive with paying it off at that point and still be aggressive in building our business. Because the following year we ended up doubling our income again to one point two million. Okay, when we a personal example of buying a house, when we bought our first house, um, it was still when they were doing they were still doing interest only loans back in two thousand five. We bought our first house. And I remember talking to the loan officer. A friend had invited and, and introduced us to Brenda, and uh, and I remember saying to her, I want an interest-only loan. She said, I don't think those are wise. Interest-only loan, a lot of people are using interest-only loans. It doesn't pay off the principal. It only pays interest. People are using that to get into a house they can't really afford. So we'll run our financials and understand that we can afford this house we're trying to buy. But I also understand that if you're charging me 6% interest on this mortgage, I'm going to make more than 6% on my business. If, if, if I'm paying 6% interest on the mortgage, but then I get 10% return on my business, I'm to the good 4%. That makes sense. That's where debt makes sense to have is if you're making better than the interest that you're paying on debt. And she said, nah. So we were in the, the building back there when, when, uh, in that time we moved here in this office, 2007, we were in, in 05, we we're in that middle building. And she actually came to a sales meeting one Tuesday morning and we had 85 people in the room. And, and she said, afterwards, she's like, I get it. I get what you're doing here. I believe you guys are in good enough financial situation. You're not getting to this. Just try to buy a house that you can't afford. And so we chose to have a mortgage, number one, because why would you put all that money down when you could invest it and get a better return than 6%? Uh, two, we, we chose an interest-only loan on that mortgage. We still have a mortgage. It's like 4%, right? We still have, I don't, Heather wants to pay off the house at some point in our lives. I hope we never do. 
because I want to use that some that money for something else. I want to I want to use that money to put it somewhere else to get a better return back than the four percent that we're currently paying on our mortgage. Does that make sense? It's it's a weird dichotomy that you got you kind of kind of shift your mindset on some of this stuff to really because so many of us didn't grow up with that business ownership mindset and we didn't think about what's the net interest that I'm getting as opposed to what I, the interest I am paying. Now, if you have a mortgage that's like 28% interest, you might want to pay it off a little more aggressively than, than, than we're doing, right? Final thoughts, and I'll wrap up. Investment comparison. Now, um, people ask me all the time about investing in real estate, and I don't know anything about it. I, I have bought uh, two properties in my life, our first house, and we, and we bought our second house. Um, that's, that's the only property I've ever owned, so I don't know real estate inside and out like some may. Uh, but, uh, and sometimes I do this investment comparison. I've had people come up afterwards and go, well, actually I get better than that. I go, well, why are you here? <laughs> you're getting better than that. Or what I'm about to show Then This is not a good choice for you. You should keep doing what you're doing. But for my real estate friends, they tell me this. Uh, if you want to buy a rental property, hundred thousand dollars in rental property. Now, I, when I was looking to build a business and get rich, I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to buy a rental property with. Um, now West coast, these numbers may be a little skewed for you because a hundred thousand dollars is basically a shoebox. But, uh, <laughs> but $100,000, I didn't have the money to buy a rental property for $100,000. I didn't have their credit to get a loan for $100,000. So it was totally off the table for me. But $100,000 in a rental property yields $300 per month in revenue. Net. Now, uh, this is what I'm told. Because you got you to pay towards a mortgage payment, right? And then there's all these little fees and expenses. Then your net every month on a $100,000 rental property is about $300 a month. Now, in Texas, if you're doing that, you need to save that, that $300 up because eventually the air conditioning is going to need to be replaced and that ain't cheap, right? And then you're going to have this problem and that problem and this thing and that thing and you got to fix stuff. So that, that to me seemed like a really bad deal. Now, those who know my story know that Mr. Trainum told me, you know, when I was 15 years old that you need to buy real estate, rent it all out, bam, million dollar income. Yeah, and I know people are doing it, but it, it ain't quick. <laughs> It's really big numbers you got to mess with. So from an investment perspective, you could go with this or this. You take $140 a week in Craigslist ads. How many Craigslist ads a week is that? I don't know. It's, it's uh, maybe two ads a week. Uh, what I know is about $150 in advertising gets you a, a new recruit. So if you're doing that, you're going to get about four or five a week, a month rather, in recruits. But you're going to get seven, that's $7,280 investment over the course of a year. You're not coming up with $100,000 day one. You're not coming up with $7,200 day one. You're consistently investing $140 a week for 52 weeks, right? A lot of people, when they're hiring a, a staff member, they go, I don't know if I can afford to pay them $30,000. I go, well, you're not paying them $30,000 up front. <laughs> you're just meeting payroll in two weeks. <laughs> can you afford that? Can you swing that? Can you go write an app this week and get that covered? Or, or maybe write an app this week and, and wait a couple more weeks to hire that person. But all you're trying to do is make payroll. Well, here, all you're trying to do is get that $140 invested in a week, not come up with it all at one time. But it's 24 responses per week. I said you're probably going to hire one a week, but you're going to get off of that, those ads. You get, I mean, well, Fitz, I, I ran two ads and I got four responses. Okay, but you, so sue me. Yeah, like there, we're talking averages here. 24 responses. Now, some of those responses are just dead before, they even, before we even talk to them, right? I'm not saying 24 people even get on your calendar. I'm saying 24 people voice an interest in what we're doing. They responded. It's like uh, you're out there fishing. You didn't necessarily catch that fish, but you felt the nibble on the bait. You know, like, oh, I saw my bobber go down. Um, all right. 
So if you do that over a course of a year, that's 1,248 responses in a year. 1,248 fish nibbling on that bait. Do you think you can catch one? I'm positive you can. One producer knocking out $10,000 premium per month. Maybe it's not a producer. Maybe it's a producer and they have four buddies and five of them combined for $10,000 a month in production. At a 10% spread, that's $1,000 a month income. Seven months, seven months, your return of investment is back. You got your money back. That's your ROI there. And investment's paid off. Now the rest is gravy. My story is when I started hiring people, I was 23 years old. I hired a 50-year-old insurance agent. I don't know why he listened to me, but he did. He went out there and made a sale. He got paid 500 bucks. I got paid 50, and I realized I now could build a business because I didn't have to teach him the phone script again. You don't have to teach that $10,000 producer the phone script again or the product again or how to fill out an application again. Maybe you do. Or how to run quotes again. Like you don't have to keep teaching that over and over and over again. And maybe they go out there and go a little nuts about it and turn into a $50,000 a month producer like Michelle Alleman. You find those too. Or you find somebody that turns into a, a, a $500,000 a month organization like Diane Lampy did. You, you, you keep running that and stuff comes, right? $7,280 investment equals $1,000 a month return. So if you're not looking at this as like, I, I never wanted to sell insurance. That was never the dream. That was never my goal. That was never my, I didn't play insurance agent when I was a kid. I wanted to build a business. And so if you're looking at this purely as business building, investment, return, if you're looking at that, that's a good deal. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.